In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a spontaneous show. It's a listener's show. And we've got four people on the podcast today. We've got Jack, my co-host Jack. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Uh, enjoyed this show last time. I, hopefully this one won't take about two hours of editing. But uh, hey, fingers crossed. Well, let me introduce our first guest, Mr. Brown's Superfan. Superfan, how are you? Hey, Paul, Jack, how we doing? I'm great. Excellent. Just tell us, where in the world are you at the moment? I am just outside of Dayton, Ohio, so we're about three hours away from Cleveland. Excellent. And we've got another superstar guest on. He featured in the vlog that I released today. It's Will. Will, how are you, buddy? I'm great, brother. How you doing, man? It's nice to see everybody on here. Excellent. And Will, tell us, where in the world are you? I am at REF Mildenhall near Cambridge. And let's be clear, that's Cambridge, UK. Definitely in the UK, yeah. Yeah, I've been over here for about uh, five years now. Excellent. And uh, Mr. Superfan, tell us, how was it last year being the Brown Superfan? It was uh, It was awesome, yeah. It was uh, fansighted.com. Uh, every year runs a Fan of the Year award, and that's not just for um, – it's not just for football. It's across all, across all sports. I was one of five finalists uh, repping the Browns. Uh, unfortunately, didn't bring home the gold, but it was an awesome experience. Got uh, a little bit of, um, got a little bit of uh, uh, an expose. Got a little thing written down about me, and it was it was a lot of fun. Well, who won it? Um, <clears throat> her name was uh, Randy. She was a, 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 a LA Dodgers fan. She went to every single LA Dodgers game, every home game. And I think a lot of away games and some of their uh, some of their postseason stuff. So that's that's dedication on a whole nother level. If you and know hey, how many how many games uh, American baseball plays. Yeah, good. And uh, tell me, you've got like reams and reams of jerseys behind you. Which one's your favorite one? Yeah. Um, honestly, I would say my favorite one right now because it's been with me for for quite a while. Is uh, is the jersey. <clears throat> So it shows all 30 of our quarterbacks, and uh, it's it's gone through a couple different iterations. This is these are all uh, individual patches that I got made, and my wife was nice enough to um, sew them all on for me and and not leave me um, for being an insane Browns fan. Is that the famous jersey that we see on lots of photos, or is it a um, is it a replica of that, or it is the one? So the idea came from uh, there's an ad agency uh, up in Cleveland, Brokaw, and so they have the mannequin that stands in the um, in the window, and they used to have they had it with tape, and so that's how it started when I was in uh, high school. Oh yeah, and uh, it just kind of it went from there, and I got tired of going to games, and you know it's hot and sweaty, and the tape comes off, so made it a little more permanent. And uh, actually now my goal, now that I know I'm not putting any more names on the back of that jersey, 
the goal now is to get signatures from uh, all 30 quarterbacks wow. and uh, have it go uh, have it go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I actually wore it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame last year on Thursday for I was at the Jets game uh, where Baker made his debut and we went up early and went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame just outside of Cleveland. What a game! Yeah, what a game! It was. It was the most insane. I was in the dog pound too. It was it was absolutely bonkers. Good and uh, just plug the t-shirt you're wearing at the moment because I think. Right on. Yeah, Odell. Odell is here, baby. GV Art. Uh, love those guys. Got a ton of of those shirts back here behind me. Um, they it's it's one of the one of the premier spots to get uh, not just Browns apparel, but. Uh, but some some genuine artwork, and if you follow them on social media, uh, the the stuff that they just kind of like doodle and draw that ends up becoming their shirts is is insane. One of them is like a world renowned um, etch a sketch artist, and like does absolutely insane detailed uh, drawings and stuff. I think he was on Oprah or something. That's correct, mate. They, mate they've been on the show, so uh, thank right, you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mate. So, it's, so it sounds like any of our listeners now should get 50% off because we just spent two minutes plugging their T-shirt. So that's awesome. So, there you go. Excellent. And Will, I'm afraid to say you had the uh, pleasure of dealing with me on Saturday on the vlog. How was that experience? It was intense, man. It was, uh, Sorry. I, it was a lot of day drinking. And, you know, it, I, I think I've marched more with you than I have with my unit in the last year. So... We really trucked all through London, up and down the streets. So it was a good time. I must say, when I left you, maybe after six, seven, eight drinks, you were quite <laughs> wasted, actually. Oh yeah, I was. I was a little lit. I, you know, I'm not a heavy drinker anyway. Um, but yeah, we were we were feeling nice and toasty. It was pretty good. And stop. We we kind of kept going. We we kept the night going. That evening was pretty good. We went to the world famous Mahi Bar after. So. Uh, but yeah, it was a great time. Excellent. Well, let's start off with the first thing is, guys, Brown super fan. Have you got a question from myself or Jack? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, for you, you know, you're it. It's obvious that you're you're traveling the world. You're trend setting. You're you're meeting all these Browns fans all over the world, and a lot of it is. Um, a lot of it's documented. I'm sure some of it isn't. What um, What are you gonna do? Like you know. Say you're, you know, 15, 20, 30 years down the road, like what, how are you going to remember this, this time, you know, meeting all these people? How are you going to be able to, you know, wrap your head around, you know, meeting all these Browns fans all over the world? You know, what's that experience been like for you? Yeah, no, mate, the experience has been absolutely amazing. About me um, recording the information, that's why I've got Jack, because he's very well, um, come on, Jack. In t about 25 years' time down the line, we'll be recording about our 10,000th show, and that's right. how you'll remember it. Right. <laughs> no, I like to think, um, yeah, I'm 37, so like 20 years ago, we've got all the tape of everything. Hopefully, social media and internet's still going in 20 years' time, and we'll be able to what, look back and uh, listen to shows, etc. So I know for a fact that all our shows are backed up on YouTube and pod bean so uh that's great and uh i do very well of backing up all my phones so um yeah all the great photos i've already got so far over the last four years of being a dedicated browns fan that'd be uh great right on will your question 
You know, we, we were talking a little bit uh, when we were out this weekend, and one of the things we didn't mention because we were so hyped up about uh, Odell was kitchens. And I'm curious to see uh, your take on kind of like he's got the recipe, but can he cook? Do you think Kitchens is really going to be able to get this team behind him, especially with the big mix of both rookies and big personalities and talents that he's going to be having coming on the field? Yeah, okay. I'll answer that. Maybe Jack can follow up. I can really understand it's a huge concern because he's played or managed uh, eight games, uh, but he's done really well in them eight games and he's now built a team around him. I feel it's, it's his job to lose in the aspect of he's now got, he's been empowered to do everything he wants to do. And yeah, I think that he's got a great opportunity of being successful and I back him, but I think it's going to be a lot tougher than a lot of Browns fans think. I think a lot of Browns fans think we're going to go straight to the Super Bowl next year. I think we may come over some hurdles and be prepared for them hurdles to uh, not throw your t- toys out of the basket and just think long-term. It may take two or three years to get to that Super Bowl. But yeah, I'm super behind him. I'm super excited. And I love his attitude of just going out and playing. Jack? Yeah, I'm happy with it. It was the right hire for me. But at the same time, he has got an awful lot of pressure on his shoulders. If we lose the first two games, there's going to be people calling for his head. Um, and, and that's just saying that, that that is the level of pressure that we've got on us. We are investing a record amount of no teams ever invested. Um, and there is a massive advantage. He has got one of the, probably the most talented roster. And I think the first ever all-star roster ever put together in the NFL. But that comes with a lot of pressure. Um, and I honestly think if, if, if we lose the first two games and it's going downhill from there, there's going to be serious questions. There's going to be talk. He's potentially the hottest seat of any coach in the NFL. And that seems nuts to say, considering he hasn't even coached a game as a head coach. But um, unfortunately, when you build a roster that is that loaded, they're going to be looking for reasons if it doesn't work out. It could work out. And we could be sat here in four or five years' time discussing whether he is the sort of not the heir to Belichick in the way that he controls that much of the franchise, but the next best Sean McVay and the way other people like that have spoke about. I personally would have loved it if he was an underdog coming into the next, this, uh, this uh, season. So I would have loved it if he, the pressure wasn't on him so we could come in and then uh, go from there. Uh, Brown Superfan, what's your view on it? Yeah, so <clears throat> I still think... Um... You know, especially with the history, uh, there's still going to, like, there's expectation for sure. Um, but I still think that there's, like, Cleveland has that underdog mentality. And I think, I don't know, to, you know, to a degree that'll ever go away. And what I think is going to be different going into this season is that you don't have, um, you don't have, like, I've, if you've ever watched Freddie talk or any of the documentaries and stuff that, that, he's, that he's been featured on, like, he's a no-nonsense guy. He's not going to try to put you know, his stamp on it or try to run things his way. He's going to look to, um, you know, to the people around him that have surrounded him. I think he's, he's done a good job and Dorsey's done a good job of surrounding him with people to, to help break down. So he doesn't get, you know, overwhelmed with uh, head coaching responsibilities, but to play to player strengths and not try to fit round holes and square pegs 
and um, you know, not trying to have that internal power struggle that ended up, you know, us losing a head coach and an offensive coordinator last year because they were more concerned about themselves and who was in charge instead of winning games. Yeah. Will you say something? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I kind of wanted to bounce off. You said, you know, that he's not coming in as an underdog. And I kind of agree with the, the Brown super fan is he is coming in as an underdog because there is such high expectations and, and it is the Browns and that expectation of failure, unfortunately. So I think that is a leg up for us though, because that gives him the ability to prove him wrong. So I do think he's still maintaining that underdog status, but what I wanted to throw back at both you and Jack was, do you think we know he has the team, but do you think the supporting cast of coaches that have been picked to help him out are, are good? Um, it's uh, offensively. I'm a lot more excited than I am defensively. So offensively, Moncton is very talented. Um, he's there. There's other people there. So th- that's good. Defensively, Wilkes, we've got one year sample of him as a defensive coordinator, one year as um, head coach, and no one really knows which direction he's going to go. I think there's a lot of coaching staff I'm excited about. There's potential for upside. That's always a risk there. And um, I think offensively, I'm a lot more confident. And at the end of the day, it's an offensive league. So if the offense is working, we can tinker with the defense and they can work that out down the roads because if if it goes for the first three, four, five games where we're racking up 40 points a game, but we might be conceding somewhere between 35 and 45, that that's okay. If the offense is working, we can fix the defense. Um, and the reason why I think usually if you're bringing in a new head coach, the pressure's off that first year. Let's compete for the playoffs and that's where you're at. The trouble is Dorsey's built a system where it's a two-year window. We are all in. Everything he is doing is in two-year window. So you can't have that next year because if he's not making the playoffs this year, there's probably conversations on, depending how close it is, is he gone? And that's really unfortunate because he might turn out to be this incredible coach. The same way we're talking about Pierre Desir. Didn't have enough time early on and is now a really good cornerback in the NFL. If Freddie is going to develop into something special, whether we'll have the time because it is so much all in and all in is going to have prices. We're going to lose some coaches because if it goes well, half our coaching staff is going to be leaving. Moncton's half out the door anyway because he's fantastic. He's too good to be an offensive coordinator. He is up there with the most promising names for um, head coaching in the next hiring circle. So if it goes well, we're going to lose people. If it doesn't go well, we're going to lose people. And that, that's part of being a good team. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. Brown superfan, another question? Yeah, so I was just going to kind of piggyback off of something that, that Jack said, the idea of having the offense, you know, not be – having the offense be competent and not have to lean on the defense. This past year, aside from, what was it, 2007, uh, when we had Derek Anderson throwing, you know, all those touchdowns to Braylon Edwards, the offense has always been the – has been the, the weak link. And I think now with Baker, you know, having an entire offseason, all the first team reps, you know, that's another thing that's crazy, too, is that Baker came in, you know, in a game that we were down 14 points um, and had 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 no first team snaps and came in and performed. So imagine not only an entire like official offseason, but all the stuff that those guys are going to go do like they did last year where you saw you saw pictures of the, uh, you know, him and Odell. And uh, Jarvis, you know, throwing the ball around and getting that, you know, getting those little 
idiosyncrasies down to where they're going to know they're going to know each other before they even walk in that building and that they're able to go into the building early because kitchens is a new head coach so i think the offense is gonna is going to come up to meet the defense which hasn't been hasn't been that way you know in quite some time will anything you'll add No, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I, I do think the relationships are going to be key, though. I want to figure out how we're going to get uh, Baker and Odell to be on that level of, like, Gronk and Brady. I want these guys at each other's family's barbecues. I want them at, you know, son-in-law's christening. I want them, like, family. They need to be on um, Facebook friends. You know what I mean? They got to be tight because I want to see that, that centricity on the field play out, and I want to see big things happen. If a team gets along and they actually care about each other, amazing things can happen. And that's really how I want to see these Browns fall together in a puzzle. An interesting thing I saw today was people a bit concerned that they haven't seen OBJ on social media for the last couple of days. So uh, I've been following OBJ and uh, some of the French football players. And he was in Paris last time I saw him. And about this time yesterday, he was on the plane. Yeah, and then one of his one of his friends ended up in Dubai, and one of his friends ended up in New Jersey. So, I think he's now back on uh, U.S. soil, and I personally am not too worried about him having a blackout and not putting things on social media. I actually think it's quite a smart, clever thing to do. Anyone got any opinions on that at all? Uh, Brown superfan. I mean, I think it's kind of a. Uh... It's kind of he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, and that's going to be. I think he's used to that because of such a a high since he's so high profile, you know, world he's recognized worldwide. No matter what he does, everyone dissects it. So he hasn't been um, active on social media. Or if he'd been blow, if he's blowing up, if he's blowing up social media, is he on social media too much? I think um, you know. I don't. I'm not necessarily concerned. I think he, I think he come. You know, he comes in when he comes in. You know, when the rest of the team is able to. Um, and he's ne like that's never been a. Um, you know, I haven't followed him. You know, exclusively, but I'm doing some kind of back. You know, backlogging and stuff like that to see. But there's never been any issue of him being not a hard worker or not. You know, a team a team guy. Yeah, he's he's an emotional guy and he has his blows. He has his blow ups, but. That's that's that alpha mentality. That's that true number one, um, you know, mentality, and that's you know that's what that's what the organization felt like we were missing, and so we've got it. So, you know, we're going to have to take that back and forth, and I think it also is going to put Cleveland on more of a, you know, as you as everyone's already seen, like we haven't even gotten into the draft yet, and Cleveland almost you know the Browns almost broke the internet when they signed him. Yeah, we were, were trending here in London. It was trending everywhere. Uh, Jack, this week, Trey Boston liked one of your tweets, mate. Yeah, so I sent out a tweet with a uh, Trey Boston, and then it was an emoji with a face and some hearts and things. And uh, it, it didn't explicitly say join the Browns, but it was in a conversation about him joining the Browns. And uh, he liked it and then unliked it very quickly. But um, I would love to see Trey Boston join and how the safety market has absolutely plummeted from silly money to a handful of players to now uh, Ha Clinton Dix is getting 3.25 million. And people on Twitter going, oh, he's not very good. He's not very good. He's 
rated better than every safety the Browns have right now. And if we're comparing potentially Derek Kindred as the 90th best safety on PFF to Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, which is in the uh, somewhere between 10 and 20, I believe it's 14 or 17 off the top of my head. But uh, he, he is an excellent addition for that money. And at 500,000 guaranteed, if it doesn't work out in camp, you can cut him. 500,000 is nothing for testing a player like that and bringing him in. So for me, I would go and add talent at cheap prices like that. And as I bang on, I'm not against taking players in free agency. It's taking the right players. That is the sort of signing you see the Patriots make. And then he might not be a starter every game, but he'll go in and make a key addition, uh, key couple of plays in the um, Super Bowl run on the way to the playoffs or something and just add all those little players I would much rather have five to ten quality additions on sort of two to three million that make that difference down the stretch and you put it all on one player because there's just so many cases where it doesn't work out pick up that player picks up an injury and suddenly you're sitting there going my whole season's lost spread that wealth the most successful teams in the NFL are the ones that have the solid depth in the middle is there a safety now that we've got our eyes on, uh, Jack or Will, superfan? It's my mate Trey Boston, mate. Is he still number one out there? Uh, he's still the best safety out there, but he's more of a free. Um, Eric Berry potentially out there, so if he doesn't sign, I know he's gone and visited the Cowboys. Um, I believe it's Cowboys. Um, yeah, then Cowboys. maybe do some deal, which is a very small deal, but then big on incentives because there's injuries and everything. Will... What position do you want to take first in the uh, draft this year, mate? I think I think it's got to be safety, like, like you said. You know, uh, I'm all about Trey. I've been reading up on him a little bit today, um, and I can kind of agree. We got to fill that spot. We got to. That's a very important position, especially when you're going to be going up against quarterbacks that got fresh arms, you know, and and throwing. I mean, you've got a lot of QBs that can throw, and we got to have that covered. Do you think we need uh, two safeties? Use Kindred as a backup and a yeah backup to that, Randall? Yeah, I think that's smart because, you know, as the season wears on, players are going to be getting injured and everything else. And it's it's good to have that backup capability, that filler capability, and, and know that no matter what happens, you've got a warm body to throw in there that is ready to go. Uh, super fan, what do you want to ta- who do you want to take first in the draft? <clears throat> I think um... – you know, listening, even listening to the mock draft this morning, you guys did. Um, I think, I think it's gotta be, it's gotta be defense, whether that's, you know, if somebody falls, you know, on the D line, you know, you, as we saw last year, you can never have too many cornerbacks. Um, I mean, Ward is great, but he's had, he's had, a, he's had a bunch of, um, he's had a bunch, he's had a lot of concussions and that's concerning uh, in a first year player. And I, you know, I love him as a guy, you know, coming from Ohio state, that was, you know, that doesn't happen a whole lot. The Browns seem to forget that Columbus is only like an hour and a half away. Uh, and there's some quality players that, that come out of the, the Ohio State. And um, there you go. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's all about depth. And with it being a passing league and, um, you know, trying to, you know, get that third linebacker off the field and have more, you know, have more DBs on the field um, is, is, the, is the way to go because, um, you know, we have an awesome, we have an awesome pass rush, but, you know, as Baker showed it, uh, you know, a, a defensive end can't get to the quarterback if he's throwing it in less than three seconds, two seconds, you know, two and a half seconds. 
Will? I, I kind of want to bounce off Superfan uh, since he's a big Buckeye fan like I am. Uh, what do you think about a name uh, called Bosa getting uh, put on the team? <laughs> I don't How think do you feel about that because he's going. He's going into uh, the draft this year. The brother. Mate, he's he's going in the uh, top three, if I'm correct. Yeah, top. there's no way he'd make it. Top two. Jack, can you see him being number one? He could be number one. I still think Kyler Murray's going to be number one, whether that's to the Cardinals, whether that's to someone else. I think he goes number one. And then you basically look in between good Josh Allen, and we actually like this Josh Allen, um, jo- uh, Bosa, and you've got uh, Quinton William, um, Quinton Williams, yeah. I'm just thinking Quinton Nelson because he was basically take Baker out of it. He was my favorite player in the draft last year. Um, I didn't want to draft him, but he was my favorite player because that guy is the only player in the entire draft that was a guaranteed um, future pro bowler nearly every year in his career. The guy is an absolute monster. Brown superfan, question for you. Last question. What do you think the Browns win-loss record is going to be this year? Well, I was just looking at the uh, at the opponents for next year, um, and it, I think it's a pretty favorable schedule. I don't think that um, that north of ten wins is is out of the realm of possibility. I think you know Patriots on the road is tough for sure, um, and anytime you go on the road, you know in the NFL is is tough. But I'm going to go. I like eleven eleven and five, and definitely winning the uh, the FC North doesn't scare me. Um, anymore i mean we we almost we almost swept it um none of those games were were blowouts by any means and if anything that last game of the season was stolen away from us um against the ravens so um i'm gonna gonna say 11 and 5 i feel pretty good about that good will i think we're gonna do even better than that i I think it's gonna be 12 and 4 big cool will i like it Jack, I've got a question for you. What's the uh, what's the highest chance of our first game going to be? Have you got any stats or data on that yet at all? So, um, out of the last 10 years, it's always been the Thursday night game. Is The first Thursday night game is the Super Bowl team versus someone else. But apparently this year, they're looking to move that to the Sunday night game. And then the uh, Thursday night game will be um, Packers versus Bears. Um, you, There's two teams, though, in the hunt for playing the Patriots, so I reckon. It's us or the Chiefs, and they've both got a fair shot. Um, if they decide to put the Chiefs on there, I'm not going to be surprised. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to be an exciting game. So that that's one way. Either way, the key thing for me, though, I want to play the Patriots in the first four weeks of the season because... They are a slow starter. They are a very strong finisher. I do not want to be facing them. If if it comes down to week 17 and it's us versus them, one of the teams wins and they're in or they're getting a, a bye, that that would be one of the only games in the season when I wouldn't be fancying the Browns. Um, if you take the playoffs, it could go either way. If we're playing for a bye, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they know how to deliver. Do you think, Jack, we've got a home game or away game first? Any analytics there? No, anything can happen. I would say the most likely game to start off the season would be us at um, the Patriots. But 
it could go any which way. On a Sunday night, Jack, you're calling it now, yeah? Yeah, if uh, that, that's what I've said is we'll. It's the most likely game is we'll start with the Patriots. Um, right. But the the Chiefs, I'd, I'd have no beef if they chose the Chiefs because that'll be a cracking game to stay up and watch as well. All right, excellent. All right, guys, I just want to say a massive thank you. Today was an absolute spontaneous show. We put it up on Twitter two hours ago, and it's great to get both of you guys on. So, Brown Supervan, where can we find your uh, info? Hey, yeah, uh, so uh, on Twitter, it's at brownsuperfan underscore, and uh, Instagram is just at brownsuperfan. Excellent. And Will, where can we find you? Uh, Will Soul on radio on Twitter and then on Facebook, uh, just Will Soul on Zach FM. And I can be listened to at Zach FM Thursday nights, uh, anywhere in the world at www.zachfm.com. And that's from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. British time. Oh, so do you want to translate that to our American listeners, please, Will? Uh, what was that? I don't even minus, minus four. Four, four <laughs> till six, mate, I think it is. There you go, yeah. Come on, mate. <laughs> If you're working across the pond, mate. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. And Jack, what else have we got on this on the show this week? I don't know. You, you haven't told me who's coming on tomorrow. So that's a surprise for everyone all round. And then um, we've got the international show. And then uh, I'm chatting with Paul on Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all coming together. And um, we'll just keep it a surprise who's coming next because... Not even I've been told yet. So uh, make sure yeah. you come back tomorrow and find out what's going on. Yeah, apologies, Jack. Um, I didn't tell Jack anything about the show today until literally when we said we we're coming online. So I do apologize, Jack. But yeah, we've got a uh, Browns backer coming on tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, we'll be good. And uh, obviously, we've got the international show and that's going to be a good one as well. So keep listening. And we've got some big guests coming early on next week. Thanks for listening, guys.